duty march 26th 2018 bonjour welcome to jonathan ramcharan the podcast uh, i am your french chef jonathan ramcharan um yes indeedy i do a podcast every week about myself which is a very fascinating subject if you want to know about a very ornery, handsome, alcoholic, washed-up, funny man who lives in Toronto, Canada. It's a very great podcast to tune into. Um, What can I say for myself? Um, I work out. Anyway, I work as a temporary laborer. You know, when I'm not out here doing my comedy, when I'm not up here doing my uh, stand-up or my acting auditions and whatnot, when I'm not doing that shit, I'm working as a furniture mover and uh, very blessed. It's a great gig, you know, I just work at like a store, a couple different locations they have, and um, basically when they get orders and shipments in, I unload the truck. Very straightforward, very easy. I'm working with this one clown, though, he's a, and he's another temporary laborer, and he's an alcoholic like myself, but he's in active alcoholism, and he's been getting on my nerves lately, because he's just a moron, like, and I hate to say it that way, but that's what happens when you get full-on addicted, like, you just, you, there's some, you lose, you become a nonsensical person, like, when you're in full addiction, you're nonsensical, you're just nonsense. Every, like, you can't share good, like, you know, you can't, like, that's one thing that stresses me out about him. Like, one thing is you can't share any good news around him. He's one of those people that everything's negative because his life is negative. So there's no point in saying anything good around him because he just tries to knock it down. A couple weeks back, I was going on a little uh, trip to Niagara Falls just to see the waterfalls and uh, hang out, right? She so goes, ah, you know, so uh, what are you doing this weekend? I go, yeah, I'm going to Niagara Falls. He goes, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, it's spring break. And it's it's going to be packed. There's going to be people everywhere and blah, blah, blah. He starts giving me all this negativity and shit, right? And I'm like, hey, you, get off my cloud. You don't know me and you don't know my style. I said, back the fuck up and pipe down, fool. I said, first of all, I hope there's a lot of women around there, man. Damn, baby. Some of that fucking spring fake, <laughs> spring break fever, you know what I'm saying? Some of that spring break beaver. Get myself some fucking young, 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 young ting. Some fucking 20-year-old college student ready to drop out and throw her life away. Come to me, baby. Come to me. Meet me on the back of a Greyhound bus. I'll take you to the promised land. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. But, like, you know, I'm like, yo, man, calm down with the negativity, you know? Like, I'm, I'm going for a day trip to Niagara Falls. Why would it be bad? It's, like, a good thing. And, you know, and that's another thing. Like, he has a lot of good qualities that I think were iner- inherent in him. Back just in his back in his previous life of uh, I guess he used to be a married man. He has a son. He's a musician. He plays the bass guitar. He played some pretty um, decent 
music venues in Toronto, but as of late, he's just a washed up drunk. And um, everything about him is just nonsense. That's what I mean. Like, he has a nice amiable. Is that the word? Amiable? Yep. Amiable? Yeah, like a pleasant um, nature about him, but there's also a stupidity about him because he's so anxious. Everything is a fucking anxious. You know, he worries and frets and thinks about things. And, like, I want to be comfortable like an old hat. You know, I want to be, like, familiar to you like your mother's cooking. I want to be calm. I don't want to be in this fucking place of anxiety where you're flitting about and worrying about this and worrying about that. He's always worrying about shit, right? And all we have to do is unload a truck. That's it. That's all there is to it. We unload the truck, crack a couple jokes, a couple gags, a couple guffaws, and we get the fuck up out of there. That's it. And it's this big thing with him all the time. Oh, where are we going to put this couch? Where are we going to put that couch? What's going on? Uh, uh, where's that fucking truck? He's always like worrying about shit. It's like, fool, back the fuck up. Shut up. Calm down. Right? So, um, check this. Last Friday, um, uh, he sh- and that's another thing. He always shows up like, like an hour early for work. Poor bastard. It's generally because I think he lives in a men's shelter. That's what happens with alcoholism. It can take you to the grave. You know, people define alcoholism as an illness. Medical societies define alcoholism as an illness. You know, maybe f- like less than 100 years ago, a person like me, when I was in my full-on alcoholism, they would have locked me up. They put you in a sanitarium. They put you in a straitjacket. They give you electroshock therapy. You know, they, they throw you in jail. Like, they give you lobotomies. They like, lobotomize people. Like, back in the day, that is what people thought of alcoholism. And today, it's even defined as an illness, a disease. I don't know how I feel about that. I personally like to think of it as a condition. You know, I got a condition that if I don't maintain it, it will kill me. Like, it will kill me. It kills. People die of alcoholism every day. You know, people. there's funerals in my sobriety meetings that I, uh, I hear about. I haven't attended one yet, but as of late, I had to go and visit um, an elderly man who, he's one of us, he's in our program, and he's... Uh, I don't know, he's fighting the good fight. His his um his temperament and attitude seems to be pretty positive, but I mean, it's looking bleak. He's in a hospice home. You know, he shit himself. Um but hey, you know, that's in the Lord's hands and if I can be of any service, I try to be. I went and I visited him, visited him yesterday with a another uh, member of my uh my uh, sobriety uh, fellowship. But I'll get back to that later. Generally speaking, alcoholism is a disease. And uh, I try to just define it for myself as a condition that will kill me. But the truth of the matter is, for different strokes, there are different folks. And it is a disease that is killing a lot of people out there. And this fooltard, you know, this man that I work with, you know, this guy, he's just in full-on alcoholism and he's headed for an early grave. He's only 57 years old, and he looks like shit. His face doesn't even look like a human being anymore. He's got like one of those mashed-up alcoholic faces, all leathery skin from smoking, all just stupid-looking. You can see the worry and angst and anxiety in his fucking eyes. He can't do anything without a sense of fucking... Like, he's got like this fucking anxiety about him that just is so fucking annoying when it's like I said. 
I don't want to come back down from this cloud, from this cloud. I'm on a fucking cloud, you clown, and you're like in my fucking head every day when I see you at work with your stupid anxiety, you know what I mean? Like the other day we got like a, the other day we were working, the manager, the man who signs our paychecks and brings us into work every week, he's like, all right guys, take a break, I'm going for a smoke. He, the manager of the fucking store dips out, goes across the street to have a cigarette and a coffee. He's hitting on women in the neighborhood and shit. He's having a fucking ball. The manager of the store doesn't even give a fuck, right? This clown, this moron alcoholic that I work with, he's over there and he's putting together furniture and he's moving stuff around and he's got all this worry and angst in his head. And I go over to him, I'm like, yo, so like, what, are you special or something? Are you like the only person in this world who doesn't take a break? He's like, wow, well, we got to get this done. I'm like, we don't have to do anything, you fool. The manager, the person who signs your fucking paycheck is standing on the corner having a coffee and a cigarette at this very moment. All your coworkers are laying down. Like I told you, it's a furniture store. So people are like, like workers are passed out on beds and stuff, just chilling out. This fucktard is over there working because he's so caught up in his alcoholic, stress-ridden lifestyle that he has to fucking validate his existence by acting like a fucking mule because he knows deep down he's a piece of shit his attitude and actions are so fucking crass and fucking deprived that he can't validate himself any other way than by acting like a slave you know that's the only way he can fucking like speak and have some kind of like worth for his existence because he knows I've been there before, too, as an alcoholic. You know when you're a piece of shit, right? And this guy is a piece of shit. And um, unfortunately, he's just like, oh, oh, you know, I'm like, dude, your anxiety is just annoying the fuck out of everybody. He's always, like I say, you know, see, like, gets me even going, right? So anyways, to bring it back to Friday, um, he fucking, he shows up an hour early for work, starts complaining that um, people aren't there. So let me get this straight. You're upset because you showed up an hour early for work and nobody was there. Number one, that doesn't make any sense. That's what I'm talking about. Nonsense person. Then he goes into this. He goes, um, ah, fuck. <clears throat> you know, I just bit into a bagel, lost my last tooth. Yeah, my last tooth just fell out. It's in the garbage can over there. He points to the garbage can where his last tooth is. And I'm like, what? Like, you just, that's how he, that's how he views his health you know when your teeth fall out shrug it off is no big deal and throw it in the garbage ha 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 your tooth fell out his last tooth his front tooth fell out and he threw it in the garbage and i'm like you know this is why i mean if i sound like i have if i sound um unsympathetic <laughs> unsympathetic if i sound like i have no sympathy for the man it's not the truth. I have a lot of empathy for him. I'm an alcoholic as well. But he's so caught up in his fucking world that he's become an annoyance to everybody around him. And these people are hard to love. That's why when people think about the Lord's love, it's an everlasting grace. Because people are so hard to love, man. And if we have a loving God that loves everyone, that's a major thing. Because people are hard to love. This guy has become such an annoyance. that, Like, he smells awful. He's stupid, he's, you know, he's late, like, he's, I won't call him lazy, but he stinks, he's stupid, he's anxiety-ridden. If I never saw this man ever again, my life would be actually better. But here I am trying to put my thought and care into the man, and I'm like, hmm, like, uh, he lost his tooth. 
So I start to think, well, I know there's a lot of like um, dental um, dental um, services available for people that are, you know, don't, you know, people that are poor, so to speak, right? There's got to be somewhere he can get some help with his dent with his uh, dental care, right? So that's what went through my head. I'm like, oh fuck, man, like that's rough. So I go to him and I go, hey, um, so like, what are you gonna do about this uh, tooth situation, like? You gonna get you gonna get it looked at? And he goes, Oh no, it's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. I was waiting for it to fall out. You know, that way I'm, you know, I can get my, uh, I can get my uh, dentures, and I have a pair of dentures. And it, no, it's a good thing that it fell out. I'm like, Psst, whatever, man. And I just kind of that's what I'm talking about. What's so annoying about him? He's like in this deluded world where you can't tell him anything. How can you help people that don't want help? You can only lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink. Well, you can make this fool drink. He's an alcoholic. But you know what I'm saying. So it's like I try to offer them this help and try to get his mind thinking like, hey, maybe you should take care of yourself more. And he uh, immediately dismisses it. So I know I can't even broach that subject of alcoholism with him because he has that fucking clouded mentality. I even tried. Um, I was talking to him and, uh, you know, he's going off about the glory days of getting in bar fights and shit. (laughs) And I go, yeah, dude, you know, I used to have a lot of problems with drinking myself. You know, I used to drink quite a bit and act all stupid, but I was able to get some help or, you know, I had to stop. And he goes, ah, well, you know, we all had our problems. (laughs) Had? Had our problems? You're a 57-year-old man who has no hygiene, no teeth, no money, No goddamn common sense, and you have the nerve and the gall to say everyone had their problems? You have a problem. Wake up and smell the coffee, you fucking moron. And on that note, I'll just leave it be, you know? I can only leave it in God's hands that maybe I can help him. But he's just, you know... I didn't even know I was going to talk about this today, but yeah, he's been really annoying me lately. And, um... You know, that's the... That's the face of alcoholism, you know? That's the thing that people don't understand. It's not just that this is a man with no willpower. That's not that this is just a man with a lack of willpower. This is a man who is so mentally obsessed with drinking. First of all, his body is undoubtedly um, addicted you know, like, you, once you come down off of your alcoholism, you, you, once your body gets a few sober days in him, well, first of all, if you have the DTs, which I'm sure this man does, one day he had to leave work because he was shaking so hard because he, he needed a drink. He was shaking and sweating and he dropped his shit and he threw up and then he had to leave work. So this man is a full-on alcoholic. He's like in the most severe, he's in one of the most severe levels of alcoholism. So this man... Um, could die if he just straight up got, like, withdrawal from alcohol. You know what I mean? He's that dependent on it. But once that passes, once he gets himself clear of that, then his body can readjust. But at the moment, he has that physical addiction to it. But the most important thing is the two-part condition of alcoholism. He's got a mental obsession. That means his mind is always on alcohol. My mind was like that as well. When I was in, when I was in al- active alcoholism, my mind was like that as well. 
thank God I've been relieved of that uh, compulsion. But at the moment, this man is in complete obsession mode. That's all he thinks about. That's all he talks about. And you can see it in his face. You can see it in his eyes. You can see it in the stupid comments he makes. And number two, he's got an allergic reaction where if uh, he takes a drink, he's going to break out for another one. There's no way a person like him or myself can drink and just want one or say when they're going to stop. You know, we've crossed that line where it's like we drink antisocially. Like I never, like I, it got to a point where for me, um, yeah, daily drinker and uh, confined alone in my own world of solitude in my own apartment just would get trashed on the daily for five years. I would just drink like, you know, about a 12 pack of beer every day, smoke pot. And then on the weekend, I would just be drunk nonstop. The second Friday hit, I would be drunk from, I would, I would you know, I had no problem. Like, you know, that whole idea of like um, before 10 o'clock or whatever. Oh, yeah. If you don't drink before 10 o'clock, that means you're not an alcoholic. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm lining up at the liquor store at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Whenever it opens, I'm drinking in the morning. I'm drinking in the noon. I'm drinking at the night. Didn't give a fuck. So, like, you know, that's the second thing, that allergic reaction. That's what uh, I have if I drink. And that's what this man has as well. He's full on into it. So, um, God help him. Hopefully I can help him. And, um, yeah, that's just what I meant when I talked about being a temporary laborer, you know. That's kind of like what I'm faced with. Because, like, I'm in one of the greatest places in my life to be able to work a normal job and to be able to do my performing but, you know, it's not always perfect. You know, I got, there's always a little bit of a harken from the past. Past always has a way of biting you in the ass. And um, it's a part of my traditions in my recovery to reach out to the person that is uh, still suffering from alcoholism. Baby, it hurts to love you. Baby, it hurts to need you. You make me wanna. You make me wanna, you make me wanna cry. You don't even know how to say goodbye. Stupid drunk. Get your fucking head together. Get your goddamn shoes shined up, boy. Anyway, God bless him. Hope you can help him. But yeah, you know, you're never really out of the death trap um, in life, it seems, right? There's always obstacles and shit. Another instance of um, paranoia and bullshit at my work um, I was working my job the other day, and um, this couple comes in, right, at the furniture store. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assembling a chair. And um, the wife, she goes, oh, that's a nice chair. That's a really nice chair. And then the husband comes by and goes, Julia, what the fuck? That's ugly. It's ugly. Where's your common sense? You are going down the wrong path, Gloria. You are going down the wrong path. And he starts screaming at her about going down the wrong path. The whole store is looking at him like, what? What's this queer tard going on about? He's screaming at her. You are going down the wrong path. That is an ugly chair. My mother used to have that type of chair. My mother. He's going on and on about his mother and her chairs. Dr. Seuss, Mother Goose. Like, what? And, uh, you know, these are things that I have to deal with. These are challenges. Ornery customers. Alcoholic co-workers. You know, I'm just trying to maintain my level of happiness, right? 
But hey, I guess that's, you know, that's the beauty of life. What did you do for Earth Hour? Did you celebrate Earth Hour this past Saturday? Yeah, it was Earth Hour. Um, I was a little bit tired. I was working on the podcast, doing some administrative work for the podcast, you know, website shit. So um, by the time Earth Hour came at 830, you're supposed to like um, disconnect from all energy sources and uh, I guess focus on the Earth for Earth Hour. I think that's what you're supposed to do. So by that, by the time Earth Hour came at 830, uh, I was pretty tired. So, like, I read a little bit from my book that I'm reading. Um, it's called, um, what is it? Oh, yeah, um, Silent Spring by Rachel Carson. It's about um, the pesticide industry and how it's uh, left over from World War II when they were developing all these chemicals for the nuclear bomb. And uh, they found out that these chemicals that they synth- synthesized, synthesized chemicals, were able to kill uh, insects. So they started to use it in agriculture. And it's having this damning effect on the earth. So I'm reading a bit about that. Very interesting book. It's like one of the first on, uh, I guess, man's industry and uh, its effect on the, uh, the earth, its effect on the environment. And it was published in like 1962 or something like that, originally came out. And um, it was one of the first of its kind. And it really started to raise that social awareness for the environment. A quote that she used, I believe, was, we have the right to know if we have the obligation to carry on. Something along those lines. Basically, we have a right to know what industry is doing to the health of the human race and the environment if we have a duty to carry on, right? We have, we have an obligation to live in this world, so we have a right to know what industry is doing to our world. So I read a little bit about that, and it was pretty interesting. And um, yeah, but like I wasn't able to turn off all my energy sources because I was like, ah, fuck it, I already recycle. <laughs> I walk everywhere. I... Um, you know, I try to reuse my coffee cups. I even have like a, like when I go to Tim Hortons or Starbucks, I, I bring my own cup, my own mug. So, um, you know, yeah. So I've been doing my part for the environment anyway. But um, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, soul searching this week, this weekend I found, you know. I think you can tell it in my voice. Can you guys hear it in my voice? A lot of um, soul searching, a lot of, um, you know, I've been thinking about the earth. I've been thinking about my coworker, the alcoholic there. Thinking about people in the earth and it took, it's, uh, it's running its toll on me. I'm getting tired. I'm too fucking old, too fucking blind. If I was 20 years older. Oh, remember, remember Al Pacino and, and uh, what was that, Saint of a Woman? If I was 20 years younger, I'd take a flamethrower out of this place. Who the hell do you think you're talking to? I'm too fucking old, too fucking blind. You know, uh, a little tired as of late just because of like, yeah, I had a lot of on my plate with uh, that alcoholic at work, uh, Earth Hour. And, um, you know, I recently did, uh, yesterday I went and did a house call on a, a person in my sobriety, in my recovery, 
a man I hadn't met before. Uh, he's an elderly man. He, he has been now placed in a hospice home. And uh, man, I walked in there and uh, god damn, people in chairs, wheelchairs, bedridden old people, mouths hanging open, eyes rolling around in their head, spaced out, blanked out. Place smells like shit, piss, stale, stagnant air. There was like some kind of outbreak going on in the hospice home. We hadn't heard from this man in a while, so uh, a friend of mine in the program and myself, we went to go do a house call on him. And uh, wow, man, the nurses take us into his little room and he's just sitting there with his pants full of shit. Just smelled like shit. And he goes, oh, hi, how's it going? The nurses change him. We sit and we talk with him for a while. And, uh, you know, it was a very sobering experience, so to speak, you know. Um, that's the power of uh, the program, and that's the responsibility I guess I have as a recovered alcoholic to um, try to reach out to people. And it's, uh, it's not always easy, and it takes its toll. Well, I don't know if it takes its toll. You should go at your work with a sense of ease and a sense of um, inspiration. Why be pushed, you know? Why be pushed? Why not just, uh, actually, no, why not? I don't know what the metaphor is that I'm looking for, but um, why go at your work with a sense of um, resistance? Why not go at it with some gusto, right? So, you know, I can't say it's been taking a toll on me, but um, it's definitely affected my mood the last couple of days. Um, it's going to be good because today's a very beautiful sunny day. I'm going to go do a stand-up comedy show here in um, a couple hours. It's like, a, it's like a day gig, which is pretty cool. It's like in the middle of the day, this comedy gig. But anyway, back to the man that I'm, I'm visiting at the hospital. Yeah, pants full of shit, alcoholic, recovered. And uh, we sat and we talked with him. We helped him with, uh, we said a prayer with him, serenity prayer. We uh, helped him uh, with his phone. Like, that's, you know, he's kind of losing his mind a little bit. Uh, I don't think he really took care of his health very well. You know, I, I don't know if it's even all blamed on alcoholism. Like, you got to maintain your health in life, man. You got to stay healthy and uh, put in that time and effort to maintain your health. Get up and go for a walk. Eat right. Exercise. Do whatever you can. Because if you don't, those last few years are just going to be hell. And that's what this guy's going through. I mean, my friend, he told me that the dude was, um, he said that the guy was taking care of his health and going to the gym and stuff. But I don't believe it because you can just see it. He has like um, signs of, um, what what is it? Signs of inactivity. Like you just, you can tell that he didn't really keep his body maintain his body unfortunately apparently the man was dealing with a lot of other issues as well but um you got to maintain your health you got to get up and be active you got to get off that couch and try for your life right your life depends on it your well-being depends on it right so yeah i mean I'm thinking about dating. <laughs> Is that a way to bring this up? Yeah, I'm thinking about dating. That's one thing that's been on my mind lately too. 
I gotta get some pussy. You know, like, um, fuck, you know, I don't care how nice the weather is. If there's no pussy in your life, you're miserable. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Maybe that's how self-centered I am. It's not that people are dying around me from alcoholism and that the earth is crumbling under mankind's ruin. It's more so that I'm not getting any pussy. <clears throat> Maybe that's what's going on. I haven't been late in a dog's age because um, like when I was in my full-on alcoholism towards the end of it, like the last five years of it, I mean, aside, for the es aside from the escorts I purchased, I didn't really have sex on a regular basis. And um, now that I've been sober for like a year and a half or like a year and four months, I haven't been having sex either because like, I've just been focusing on my, my recovery. So now I'm thinking, man, it would be nice to get into a relationship, uh, not just for the sex, you know, somebody to play dominoes with or, you know, checkers and shit. And uh, it would be kind of nice to get out there and shake a tail feather, you know, go to a movie or a sock hop or something. So, uh, yeah, I might be getting on a dating app sometime soon here, you know, maybe like, uh, I don't know, is that the way to go? It seems that's what everybody's doing this day and age. They're going on like, uh, you know, those, sat those dating apps. I tried it once. I remember I, I uh, got a hand job from a fat chick uh, off of Craigslist, like when I was like 20. I answered an ad. She's like, looking for black cock or whatever the ad said, right? I'm like, hmm, see what I can do here. So like, I emailed her and we wound up meeting up for a drink. That's back when I drank. And she came over to my house and jerked me off. But my, but my roommate came home. So I had to like get her out of there quickly just because it was awkward. But I got a hand job from a fat chick once and off of, uh, off of Craigslist. I, uh, and I don't say that with any sense of um, pride, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think she was just as let down as I was, you know. She's like, what the fuck? jerking some guy off all for a song and a fucking bus ride home but uh and then I also like uh, some chick tried to proposition me to meet her in a bathroom stall at like uh Toronto University she's like meet me in a bathroom stall on U of T campus and fuck me I don't even know if it was a girl could have been like some crazy guy or some fucking murderer or something right I didn't answer that reply so I haven't had much experience with online dating, so I'm excited to see what these new um, frontiers have to offer the uh, the young and uh, romantic in 2018, you know? It'd be nice to, you know, go out there and maybe get a nice hot date. Um, I don't know, though, because I'm not particularly... You know, I've got to change my thinking, you know? Like, that's another thing, too, like um, positivity... Because, like, um, it's kind of strange. Like, um, I'm kind of uh, eager to please. So it's like, I'm always worried that the date is enjoying themselves, if my date is enjoying herself. And, you know, I'm kind of like a, like I'm a bore sometimes, you know what I mean? Because, like, my mind is really on jokes in the environment, and, you know, my, my mind is really not flirtatious. So, like, sometimes I don't know how to flirt, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, so you're not wearing panties, huh? Huh. She's like, I don't know, do I have to spell it out for you? I'm dripping wet. I'm like, um, well, uh, <clears throat> uh, waiter? <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm not the greatest flirt. Mainly because I got, uh, like I say, it's, I don't know. 
but I can be. I can learn how to be. Like, I used to be. Like, I was a ravenous drunk when I was always drinking. I always wanted to get laid. I always wanted to have sex. It was a part of the chase, right? I wanted to chain smoke cigarettes, smoke pot, drink beer, fuck bitches. Sorry for the use of bitches. You know what I mean. Come on, man. I ain't no gentleman. But you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I was really like, ah, ah, ah. I, I had to have it. Now I'm just like calm and I could take it or leave it, right? I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Like when I see a hot chick walking down the street and she like, you know, gives me the guff and like cocks her head in the opposite direction as if like, oh, I can't, you know, like as if I want it. Like sure, I do want it, but I know it's a lot of work too. It's like, how am I going to convince her that she should fuck me? Like, ugh, seems like a headache. But you know, I'm up for the challenge. I mean, like, you know. I'm a young man, I got a libido, but I, like, I start to feel like as if my like biological clock is ticking because I could feel it winding down, you know what I mean? Like when I was in my 20s, when I was a teenager and in my 20s, I was so fucking horny. I'm 31 years old now and like I'm still horny, but like I can seriously take it or leave it. Like I'm just like, hmm, uh, maybe come see, come saw. <laughs> Will I come? Come see, come saw. Ugh. Anyways, it's your old chuckle buddy, Kizu. Jonathan James Ramcharan reporting live for duty on this March 26th, 2018. Thank you very much for listening. Sometimes I just gotta talk about my alcoholism, you know? Sometimes I just gotta talk about it. Sometimes I gotta talk about the environment. I love the world I live in, so should you. And sometimes I gotta talk about old people shitting in their pants, and sometimes I gotta talk about maybe trying to get laid, you know? Sometimes I just gotta talk. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you just need to talk. Hit me up there, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Let's get a conversation going. Let's start a spiritual garden, all right? You go be a good person, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.